Warning, ProTri News is a podcast with different opinions, knowledge and possibly fake news about triathlon racing. This is not for the faint of heart. If you get offended or hurt by what is said, please stop listening and go listen to some uplifting meditation music or just go work out, then try again. Hello, welcome back to a special Kona episode of ProTri News. I'm joined by Jordan Blanco, Luke and Beth McKenzie, Talbot Cox, Mark Matthews, in the back, Caden Lieto, Mikal Eden, and Cap Matthews. So we'll start with Jordan. Jordan, how's your time been on the island so far? I'm definitely on island time. It's uh, great to be back in Kona after a, a three-year hiatus. Uh, and I'm especially excited to be here and not racing for the first time in eight years. So uh, time to enjoy it this time around. It's a little different not racing and being here. It's uh, way easier and a lot less stressful, but uh, but fun to see everyone and get reunited with the triathlon community from around the world. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Luke, how's it going? Yeah, good. Thanks, Kyle. Yeah, I love Kona. I mean, I've been coming here since 2006. Haven't missed a year since before the COVID era. So to be back after three years, um, yeah, it's just an amazing place. The The spirits are higher this year. You know, more people in town. The buzz is it's really happening. So it's good to be back. Beth, do you want to say anything? Uh, not really. I'm just the Luke McKenzie sideshow. I keep the Lycra flowing online, and that's it. Yeah, are we going to introduce like who they are? Some of our listeners yeah. may not know. So, Win Republic was our very first sponsor of the Ironman World Championship pre-show in St. George, and was our very first partner ever. And they're partnering us with us again for another championship uh, edition. So, Win Republic, if you're going to try anything new on race day. Make sure it's a Win Republic race belt. No, a Win Republic tri suit, Kyle. The, mar- the margin's way higher on and a tri suit. And the tri suit's fantastic. And the new Mana collection, right? Yes. The Mana Island collection nearly sold out already, so come get yours if you need some. And it's too bad we're not on video because we're currently all outfitted in some very nice tees and tanks, courtesy of Win. Thank you. And Talbot Cox? It's a it's a pretty nostalgic moment for me. I actually started the Kona series in this same house that we're in, uh, the Sugar Shack, and then also I made the first ever Kona series video over Luke when you guys launched Win Republic. Do you remember that? Yeah. yeah. And that was the first ever Kona, and I actually had no idea what I was doing. Still I still don't. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But uh, so it's kind of full swing. Uh, yeah, super excited for the race. We're actually sitting on here. If you hear traffic behind us, it's from Alihi Drive. Uh, and we're just having a blast uh, sitting around at the table. Mark, it was kind of touchy, touch and go about you being here. So we're happy to have you. Yeah, I mean, Kat tried to ruin my holiday for us, but um, we've got here in the end. So just glad to be here in Hawaii and all in one piece. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we have a big show planned for you guys. Um, two days of racing. Luke, how do you think that's going to go? Yeah, I mean, that's quite obvious that Kona is pretty overwhelmed with people this year. I mean, it's just, I've never seen it so busy. And uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how the two-day format, you know, p- plays out. I think, you know, obviously a lot more people on course, um, but also I think allowing for um you know, a fairer, better women's race for one. I think that's going to be something that's going to be really exciting this year and really showcasing the women um, uh, is going to be something that 
um, I think there's going to be what I'm really looking forward to anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, it's we all know that Kona is um, is an expensive place as, as it is, but this year I feel like it's been really cutthroat to, to get the accommodations and just to, to find a place to eat dinner. So it'd be interesting to see if it's a long-term play by Ironman, but, um, you know, at, so far it seems to be working for them. Yeah, Mark, what do you think? I think you... You chose the word overwhelmed, right? Rather than busy, overwhelmed yeah. means too much. Yeah, it's right. And it does feel pretty borderline too much. Yeah. Like, you can't get in restaurants, you can't drive into town easily. It's packed, right? really packed. And I'm not sure that it's that sustainable, this approach. I don't think that you speak to the locals, they're not that hot on this midweek closure either. But what do you reckon, John? Well, we on our drive over, we had a local incident where we were following behind a car who was actually throwing something we don't know what at athletes as they were riding along so i hate seeing that it's it's kind of a bummer we did note the license plate so we will be um sharing that license plate um with appropriate people but kind of yeah it's unfortunate to see that kind of thing um hopefully all athletes are out there being respectful being aware that they're in a small community and and we'd like to be here to be contribute to the community not take away from it so um yeah should we dive right in, or do we do we want to talk about the course, the differences in the course? Because there is a little bit of difference as far as like the out and back sections and things like that. Uh, transition in a different spot, yeah. and so the pros have to run a little bit further. Yeah, the, the the swim is a pretty interesting swim. I think Luke can probably hit on it. When they exit the water, it's a pretty long run around the pier already as it is. Um, but this year. They don't stop at the pro bike rack where it usually is. They continue to run out uh, past the mount line, and then the professional triathlon—well, professional triathlon organization—they usually do these big transitions, and they're doing one of those for the pro athletes here, and that will be in front of the King Cam. So it'll be interesting, but that would be a about a 500 meter run, I would guess. Well, that's interesting because I actually didn't know that, and um, you know, having done this race. 12 odd times like the the run around the pier is probably the most hectic few minutes of the whole race for the professionals um it's sort of that almost make or break moment for a lot of people in this race to like make the group that they're they're going to be riding with and or it's going to mean they're going to have to overexert themselves in that technical town section which that's a lot of matches burned really early so i feel i feel like if it's going to be a longer run um you know that's you know it's probably going to sort the pack out a little bit more but i think you know that's probably going to give some people some opportunity if they have had a poor swim to also make up a bit of time there too i didn't know that that was going to be a longer run but most of that runs barefoot before they get to the bike right yeah. so well lionel i know mikhail eden was really keen to encourage lionel to run in his bond shoes through transition <laughs> so it's a strategy mikhail was really proud of i'm wondering if he's going to be going with that again this week are we what do we know uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> McCall sitting over to the side, he made a comment. Although, we all we did hate really hard on Lionel for his transitions, but he had one of the fastest transitions in Dallas, believe it or not. T1s. I don't know about his T2, but his T1, he did have one of the fastest. Fine. It just looked awful. It did look awful. <laughs> so how many minutes was it till we mentioned Lionel? It was uh, six and a half minutes. I didn't mention him, six though. Six and a half minutes. It was Mark. Oh, Mark. Oh. It's the only time he'll feature in any of the predictions, so we'll get with that. That's cool. <laughs> um, also, uh, the course is on one side of the highway going all the way out past the airport this year, which 
uh, is newer. Uh, they, they usually take both sides of the highway. Um, and then another interesting part of the female race, which unfortunately... If you we, got music, we got the island vibe. We got the island vibe. Unfortunately, the females get the short end of the stick in this one, but uh, the energy lab is open to traffic during the female day, which is... There's no traffic in the energy lab, is there? There's businesses open on Thursday. Oh, okay. The, yeah, there are the occasionally cars, cars so they get going pushed in to there, one side. All the whole race is on one side, and then right. the other side is open to traffic. I don't think it'll be a huge problem in the energy lab. I I don't think so, but it does that mean that we can go in there now? Because that's cool. Nope. <laughs> I was about to say the same thing. So. Also, most of the pro females are out the energy lab before most other people get in there, especially if you've got the fastest men's wave is the last wave of that day. So you'd expect most of the pro females to be out of the energy lab. So in the pro race, I would think it wouldn't affect it. But for the age groupers, yeah, having to cram in one lane rather than two, sure. Yeah, I, I don't think, the only time I think it's going to get busy is they are going to be coned to one side of the road going out and coming back. And then you add in media motos, it could get a little dicey, but I don't think that it's going to be anything that they won't be able to manage, especially the media motos here are pretty good, well-trained. So, but it, I'm saying it's just unfortunate the females get that on Thursday, but um, it will all be completely closed on Saturday for the male race. Well, I'll be stoked if I can ride my bike in there and cheer everyone on. So, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, good point. Yeah, because if, if you haven't been to the island, like they actually stop you going out to support for a big chunk of the run, and the main highway is closed, so you can't go out and support. But that's a really good point, Beth. If that's open, then you'll see coaches down in the energy lab, which, have we had that before? Not really. We always, all the cool people make it in there anyway. Yeah, they'll sneak in on the <laughs> back road, sure. But. It was actually funny. Sorry, I'm going to digress. But um, last time in 2019, you know, we, we found our way around and got into the energy lab. And then after the race, when we were talking with Jan, he's like, yeah, you know, I was running. And then you see all the signs that say no spectators beyond this point. Absolutely no spectators beyond this point. No spectators beyond this point. Oh, there's Beth. And <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I made my way out there. Um, and then another weird thing they do on the course, which I don't know why, but when they come back up the energy lab road instead of taking that left to take the newer road all the way back around they go all the way up to the near the gate and turn around and come back it's a little like hook i don't know why they added that so the run has changed from 2019 even yeah it, that's on the map in the race map that i don't know why they added that distance maybe they'll shorten it on so, a so now it's an out and back rather than like a, a u-shape sort of up onto the Queen K and come back. Is that what you mean? You're not going onto the Queen K until you've I done the I think it's like 100 back. more meters up, and then they turn yeah. around You're and come going, back. Yeah, it's like a T. Gate and then back. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah. Topography-wise, you're not going up a bigger hill or anything. It's not going to change no, the course. No, yeah. not at all. Not at all. One last change that was made was there are less aid stations on the bike, also less aid stations on the run. Uh, the aid stations on the run, I believe, are every mile and a half this year. Um, and then... On the bike, there's no aid station pass. I think it's mile like 97. But um, pros also do have pro aid stations too to supplement those. On the run. Um, on the run. On the run. So. Yeah. Yeah. The big one there is I think that 97 mile aid station. That's still a long way out. I remember one year. I think from memory there always used to be one right near the airport and. The one prior to that was near the Hawalalai, um, near the Four Seasons there. And I remember taking some aid at the Four Seasons one, thinking, no worries, like, I'm still 20K out. I've got the next one at the airport. 
only to get to the airport and there wasn't wasn't one that year and I'm sure Jordan raced that year as well I totally remember and that year. after the race it caught it caught everyone out and a lot of people started the marathon very depleted that year um, I can't remember if it was, if it was 16 maybe May, I think it was 16 and um, I think that I feel like that that's going to be a similar scenario that we'll see here this year if you're saying that it's at 97 miles it's still a long way into town from that Hawalalai, um resort uh, right at the back end of that, uh, right before you're going on to the marathon, uh, it's going to be crucial that everyone really fuels up there because you can see some carnage at the start of the marathon otherwise. Yeah, exactly. Anyone else? Well, it's just a volunteer thing, isn't it, right? It's another, it's another knock-on from this two-day event, presumably. Like, you're trying to encourage people to volunteer for two days on a Thursday when they've got work for free, as always, is a bit of an issue. And unless they can correct that issue, then fundamentally this isn't sustainable. Yeah, like if and I think it's some of the costs of like many of their volunteer base comes from the uh, the other Hawaiian islands and the increasing costs of trying to get to Kona and uh, stay here over multiple days. It's, it's not feasible. Yeah, you know, if Iron Man aren't putting you up or giving you a voucher to be a volunteer, accommodation here is eye-watering if you're at home and feeding, like food, everything here is crazy expensive compared to stateside and even Europe especially. Yeah, we went to Subway the other day, and it was actually almost $20 for a foot-long sandwich. So. That's outrageous. I'm out. Yeah. Um, the other, I, I feel like a recommendation could be to, to fix the volunteer issue is Ironman has this massive network of people that are race directors and things that are on staff at different locations around the, the world. Like, couldn't they... A lot of them flying from all over people. the world. Yeah. yeah. People flying from all they over the world. They could also pay people. <laughs> I would, I would, uh, I would Caden's work. here. How many people from YWAM usually, which is like a Christian college here, isn't uh, like I would say they make up for what percentage of the volunteers? I mean, there's probably a thousand of them. He said that, yeah, that that college campus here usually is a... But they Yeah. So that's a thousand volunteers just from that campus alone. Yeah. I mean, not to overly knock the race. I mean, I, I've been here in the past and I've, I've been quite impressed with how well stocked the aid stations have been, how, how long the aid stations are aid stations are on the... I've had a few too many beers already. You're going a little... You're uh, going too Australian, not necessarily, Luke. Yeah, a few too many. Um, but, you know, obviously with more people on the course and two days, you, you're just not going to be able to sustain that. So um, it's unfortunate that the athletes have to suffer because of that. So... Can we end the segment on a positive note? Yeah. I've talked to a lot of guys who are racing on Thursday who are so stoked that they get to race and watch a race out here in Kona. So there's, there's some positives for this two-day format. That's really true, yeah. It gives people a full holiday where they can enjoy some triathlon and do some triathlon, yeah. Fair. Well, let's get to the race itself. Um, you want to talk about how you think the dynamics going to work out start, and start to finish with the women? I mean, we all know how the dynamics going to start, surely. I mean, Lucy Charles takes the swim out. I don't care how good some of the other female swimmers are. She's going alone. She sets the pace. Yeah. Uh, she may have people on her feet. Um, probably the most likely candidate, unfortunately, to stay on Lucy's feet is out of the race, Rachel Zelinkas. Um, but potentially you get Lauren Brandon. She has stayed with Lucy in the past, but doesn't seem to be swimming um, quite as well these days. Unless she really didn't try. She got beat by Fenella Language in the practice swim. I so, saw that. I saw that so too. So like a, even, a, even back in the day, a Lauren Brandon at 60% would do a job on that. So I'm, I don't think she'll be there. It's a different dynamic, the Ohala swim. So yes, I, I think that's important. Haley Shura, note. maybe? I don't 
don't think Haley's ever swam with Lucy. Um, she spent half the summer without access to a pool because the pool shut down in Bozeman, Montana, where she was. So, um, Lucy yeah. leads to swim out by a couple of minutes. I think I'm going Lucy, with. There's a chance someone's with her, but yeah. And then I think she has a really good shot of staying away longer than we've seen her do in recent years. I mean, she, she hasn't raced an Ironman in three years now. And we saw Lucy make massive steps on for the St. George 70.3 World Champs where she had the fastest swim, bike and run. And her potential to stay away for a very long time is, is huge here. But if Daniela's in the shape she is, it's, you've got to be thinking it's her leading the charge. I think Lucy still comes off the bike first, but I think Daniela's closed most of the gap that's like, a big shout yeah. yeah i know yeah yeah i don't I, know i'm not seeing that just no? the you track record of daniel the last 60k the bike find i don't know lt3 or whatever we're going to call it like some kind of turbo gear in that last like ride from uh waikoloa back i mean her ability to like throw down power in the last third of a race is impressive and i haven't seen any woman match her yet i'd love to see lucy do that I mean, her oh. 2018 ride back from Harvey was when there were only a handful of men out riding Three. her. Yeah, I mean, completely ridiculous. And she definitely always saves something for the back half. So even if she's not catching through the first half, I wouldn't be that surprised if she just does the whole job yeah. on the second half of the ride. Yeah, I'm with you there. And then we've got a, a huge depth of running talent here. We've got Laura Phillip and Anne Haug, who are arguably faster runners than anyone we've ever seen in the sport. Um, I mean, they definitely outrun Miranda Carfries, who has the course record here. They are they are sort of two forty five runners, maybe two forty seven here. So they're going to need they're going to need a like the, the girls out front need a gap on those two ladies. I think even even Daniela needs a significant gap on the likes of Anna and Laura. I would say. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think Daniela's always come off with a significant a significant gap where she's never felt pressured in the beginning of the marathon, and I think that Daniela's strength is in the back end of her marathon when, you know, others have had to chase hard really early and she's able to, to hold on well. But you're going to have um, a handful of those girls that are probably going to be running together, which is going to help push that pace right up to Daniela uh, early on. So I'm excited for this women's race because I think at some point it can really come together to have several women all like really close together midway through the marathon. So I think that that's, I mean, that's how I see it going anyway. Do, do we see the race going, the depth of field going any deeper than these four females, Riff, Hug, Philip, and Barclay? Do you see anyone else sneaking onto the podium? I mean, I know it is Kona, but it seems like that those girls are just in another level right yeah, now. Yeah, I, I agree. Something will happen to one of those four. We just don't know what. If like not two of them, yeah. Yeah, I agree. something's going to happen, but it's hard to look past them because they do seem another level above. Um, other people that could challenge and, and be in the mix. Um, Chelsea Sadaro is a, a, a rookie, um, but she has a shot. And I don't think we can overlook people who've had success on the island too, like Sarah Crowley. Um, she's really honed in on this race, skipped some of the PTO races to focus on this. Sarah True, um, yeah, she's obviously juggling a lot of balls right now between being a mom and, and being in school. And she's had issues in the heat. Quality before. athlete. She's had some issues in the heat before she as has, well. She has, but she's also been successful in the heat. But you're right, yeah. But a name to keep There are out. a couple of others like Sky, Sky Monch. Like Sky Monch is there always. So Sky's super consistent. That I don't. I don't think we see Sky surprising, but I think you see if other people falter, Sky's there to take advantage of it. She's so consistent and a very very robust athlete. Sky always plays that race of attrition, and she'll she'll be there if 
other people are blowing up for sure. And the last name is Ruth Astle's going really, really well. You know, she did great in St. George. She's really grown as an athlete. Her running's better than ever. Her riding's, she's super slippery. I, like she's again one of those that will just be there, consistently there. So if a couple of those top few falter, you know, they could find top fives easy. And she had a great swim this past weekend too. Uh, yeah, she took away a lot of positives from that swim. But then if, you, if she has a great swim, then, you know, Rennie Kiley was 40 seconds behind and Rennie Kiley's not known for her swimming. So I, th I wonder how much you can read from that swim race, really. I mean, Wait. Chelsea Stadaro set off two minutes late, right? Now you're saying, well, I started the podcast saying that and now you're repeating what I said. I agree. <laughs> in, in when, a swim, when a swimmer doesn't swim well, it's a little bit different to her. In yeah, 2018, I did the Huala swim here and I swam like a 58, which for me is like amazing. And I was like, I'm on fire. I'm going to kill it. And then the next week, I swam like a 105. <laughs> so you just never know. In like contrast, it's, I it go, doesn't I go from dictate a 115, the 115, 116 in Ohala, and I then swim a 108 in the race. So, yeah, for the pro race, I think there's a lot of chance to slow down and spread out because you just don't have all those people dragging you along. Another Kona, I would say contender, maybe Heather Jackson. Yeah. We haven't seen much of her this year, but I mean. She always does well here. Yeah, you've got to get an American named on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we're getting ready for top American picks, I, I, so don't worry. Is, there is two athletes that did really good in Dallas, but uh, Lisa Norden and Jocelyn McCauley, who mm -hmm. both could be some of those ones that we said that sneaks onto the podium that are both just and lots of grit. And Jocelyn is just like, everyone always counts her out, and she just hangs on to the very end and will just punch through the field so that's what this race is renowned for too there's there's always that one sort of real outsider that has that just amazing day and i think that yeah you've when you when you mentioned ruth astle um jocelyn mccauley sky munch they're they're the sort of girl that i i feel like it, it could really make that big step up and have that big breakout performance here when one of the 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 main contenders as we call them uh potentially falters and it'll be interesting to see if Lisa Norton does what she did in Dallas. So Lisa always takes the ride out hard, whereas Lisa Norton didn't pull a single turn in Dallas. She just sat in, and that, that gave her a relatively good run by her standards off the bike. If we see the same from Lisa here, because she swims great, right? Lisa's a really good swimmer. Then if she sits on the bike, she'll be riding in zone two the whole way around. Can she run the full marathon well? We don't know yet. Right, but... Um the thing about this race, to get in the top 10, I think, I, I should quote Torsten here, I think to get in the top 10, women need to run about a 310. Lisa's going to be up front um, pretty much the whole race, given like her strength on the swim and bike, as long as she's there or thereabouts with the, the, the people she comes out in the swim with. Sorry, I'm waffling now. But she doesn't need to run super fast to get in the top five. No, you're, you're absolutely right. She, she can afford to lose some ground and still be pretty competitive, you would have to say. How close are we thinking? How close are we thinking the top five is going to be? Because last I time think we Daniela wins by a while. I know um, that's not popular, but I think she'll just dominate it. I think she's like she was. She's not angry. She's just confident again, and I just think she's she's really hard to beat when she's fit. And we've never seen anyone do it like when she's. And I don't think well. we've ever seen her really challenged on the run here. Let's like skip over 2019, but. She probably hasn't produced her best running here ever, so it could be if it's tight. It could be fun to see her like have a really push them out. I mean, the only person I can see getting off the bike with her is Lucy. So if, if Daniela catches Lucy, Lucy hangs on for a while, they get off the bike together, and then Daniela might find some pressure. That would be interesting. You guys want to make some picks? Every time, we, we always say we don't want to make picks, but we also get picks, but we get, a, we get a lot we of get criticism. We get thrashed for not doing picks, so we might as well. These are not personal. These are just our opinions. We are excited to watch everyone race. 
But and I will say I will probably say picks on the show, but I usually like to see the rest of the week unfolded. It, it is Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah. Tuesday. I usually like to. Uh, One more day for the women's race. You can't. Yeah. Do you have to make the mail picks? I too think if you're, then? if you, oh, it has to close. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, usually I, I change my picks like five times on that Obsessed app or whatever it's called before. OBS Dallas. try. Let's give him yeah. a plug. It's actually so a really nice. It's uh, a really app. great. Really good stuff is really built. well made. And I will be, p- I've created my picks. I will be posting them shortly. So yeah, Pro News, Kyle, mine. you can share them. So I, I'll just read mine quickly to get them done. I've gone Rife, Philip, Barkley, Howe, Sadaro, and I juggled with Sadaro, whether it's Astle or Sky Monch. I really don't know. I kind of just rolled a dice. Um, but I've gone, yeah, Rife, Philip, Barkley, Howell. Are, are we doing top three or top ten? What are we doing here? Uh, top, <laughs> top five. Uh, top That's five top five is what we do. Just oh. go top yeah. three, whatever you want. Yeah. Beth, are you ready or am I? Yeah. Um, Island Vibes. I've got Daniela first. I picked her first in St. George, too, so not straying from that. And then Laura, then Annie Haug. I, I don't have full confidence yet that Lucy's back ready to run the marathon with what it takes. Prove me wrong. I've got Daniela, Lucy Charles Barkley, Annie Haug. Then I do have a four and five, Laura Phillip, and uh, Chelsea Sodaro. Oh, almost. Yeah. Yeah. And so so I think Mark and I were aligned. I'm almost the same, but I've got Lucy for the win over Daniela, and then Annie, Laura, Chelsea. So, I like I said, I feel like the the women's race will come together at some point around that 25 to 30 kilometer mark. Um, you know, Daniela and Lucy off the front, but you know you'll have Annie and Laura and and Chelsea really coming on strong in the run. So that's I'm Lucy. I I bet against Daniela in St. George and then regretted it because I've always put her winning. Uh, so I'm going to go with Daniela for the win. Uh, Lucy second, and then I'd say Anne Hug in third. Does Lucy get another dog if she gets on the podium? She said something in the press conference, but I wasn't listening. Yeah, something along the lines of she's going to probably get another dog. So yeah, uh, I'll take it away. Top five, I got Daniela first, second place, and third, Laura Phillip. And then I'm going fourth, Sky Monch, and then fifth, Chelsea Sodaro. Nice. I do love all the Chelsea Sodaro picks because she's a mom, but also have to say, you know, you shouldn't judge anyone on race week. But Luke and I were driving in the other day, and we saw Chelsea, like, running on the Queen K, and she looked like fire. She, she, she looked amazing. She got amazing. second place to, to Laura in Hamburg, and one of the best times for a first-time Ironman athlete. Exactly. She's yeah. going to crush it, I hope. And Chelsea, She's my like pick for top American. That's what this is all about. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> I left the microphone for two minutes and we just ended <laughs> to this. Oh, it's men's race time then, surely. All right, let's just drive. over the balcony and Colin Chartier is back from a bike ride laying in our hammock and he's just cuddling a tube of Pringles. It's a great look. We'll I'm so glad I bought those Pringles. Classic. Let's dive into the men's race. So lead us out. Luke, you want to you wanna give us... Yeah, I, yeah I really like Luke's analysis. Let's, and like let's the do it. From a personal experience, go You know, go I used to, be, used to be amongst it, and, um, and now I'm on the other side of the fence, and I'm, I'm, a, yeah, I'm a super fan. I, I love the sport, and I love where the sport is go- has gone since I've retired from racing. It's, it's totally gone to another level. I would be left in the dust of these guys that are racing these days, but... Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a really exciting race this year. We've got a lot of new blood, uh, a lot of first timers, and uh, but the opportunity for um, some guys that are, are really stepping up to make a name for themselves. And um, as long as old mate recovers from his his ride that he's just done, it sounds like he's in the hammock uh, eating his Pringles right now. <laughs> apparently, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, interesting race. 
So we also have uh, you guys have a lot of ath- a lot of pros racing, pro athletes. Yeah, we got a few. Um, yeah, Colin being one of them. We're really excited the trajectory that that Colin's been on uh, since we've been working with him, and obviously working with Mikal and um, coming on with Lionel. You know, like it's it's so exciting to see um some new american blood um after the ben hoffman to sort of era you know they've really they're still the, racing well too. they're still racing but on what i'm saying is they need some longevity there i mean those guys are not near the beginning of their career they've been racing yeah. for a long time now and um they let's be honest they they need that next yeah, generation it's important and to Colin, Colin, Rudy, these guys—that—that's that, the next next generation. So um, it's exciting that they've got uh, some legacy there. Yeah. Yeah. Who leads the swim out? Is it Josh? I mean, it, he's led here before, and he's got a lot of incentive too. I think that's his sort of chance to make an impression on the race. But yeah, yeah. there's some Europeans in the field that. Yeah. Uh, Sam Laidlow's ego's too big. To <laughs> <let> Josh <laughs> I was going to say out. the same. I'm yeah. going for like the the. Sam Laidlow for the yeah, win. Didn't so he bandit the Hohala swim and won it, but didn't so go yeah. through the shoot? No, he didn't enter the race. So he And he kicked up a bit of a fuss. Apparently the race, like, he, he didn't take it up on time, so he didn't get his free entry, so he didn't get a slot. So he had a mini protest, and he swam off the front. Then I believe the rest of the group sat up a little bit when he'd done the job on them. And then he kind of came into the finish, and apparently he zigzagged around a little bit, and then swam into the shoot at, like, 2 minute 100 pace. And the commentators were like, look how smooth his stroke is. Everyone's like, yes, because he's literally not moving, mate. Like, he's just cruising in. But then he ran up the chute, celebrated, stepped over the fence, knelt down, got his medal, took it off, gave it back, stepped over the fence and walked off. It's a little bit too <laughs> much drama for me just for a practice swim. I mean, it sounds I, pretty... That sounds uh, exhausting. Yeah, I got um, to say, though... He did email Ironman and ask if he could enter the race. They said no, that they were full. And I even because replied back. Because he missed the deadline. Because he missed the deadline. And I replied back to the story. Was this for a freebie or, or what? Like, it, 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 did he have to pay otherwise? Or? No, the race was the full race and the deadline was closed. Right. He just missed the deadline. Like, yeah. Sort your admin out, mate. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. he did it. He won it. I, it's drama for the Probably sport, only in it? his only defense. He is a rookie here, right? He's never been here. He probably... Did he even know about the swim prior to being here? Like, I, I know I Check didn't know about... Check your inbox, mate. I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe they sent out an email. Okay, fair enough. So, And yes, I replied admin. to him and was like, just banded it. A lot of people banded it. So <laughs> <laughs> if Iron Man listeners are like, oh, we don't like to have it again. <laughs> but I did reply to him. And talk, but there is a lot of athletes that Are we do. saying that ProTrine use... A, a, completely condones banditing the swim racing Kona. You just have to you just have to swim up to the pier, climb out the steps on the right hand side, jobs a fish. I think you banded everything. You banded the swim, you banded the underwear run. You can bandit the underwear run as well, but it's it been a good cause. Come on, the media don't do that. <laughs> That's true. I'm just not. I'm not about the underwear run. Full stop. So there's no bandits in that. What about next year? Whenever we have pro trainers underwear. If we have pro Chinese underwear and I lose seven kilos, I'm game. All right. Until that happens, no, no. Deal. So men's race, so we, we kind of talked through that's the excitement of it. But the way it leads out, I reckon it's there's a decent-sized group, Luke. It's, it's like yeah. Sam Laidlow, Kyle Smith, uh, Florian Anger, potentially, if he swims well, Daniel yeah. Backard. Backard. You've yeah. got Josh Amberger in there. Uh, Max yes, Newman, potentially. Max. Yes, for Svensson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and yes, for Svensson brings some bike firepower that people are potentially mm-hmm. underestimating to that group. Like, there's a there's a really so good group So last year, Mar- Mar- oh, well, the last time the race was run in 2019, you had Maurice Clavel there as well, who pushed the pace early on the bike. He was up there in the swim. Um, you know, there's 
I think there'll be a big European contingent in that front firepower group this year. Um, obviously missing some really big hitters like the Ali Brownleys and the Yarns. So uh, it's going to be interesting once they do get out of the swim, though, who's going to be that real dominant driving force in that in that front group without those 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 guys there. Yeah. They did a really nice job in St George of working together. That really benefited the group and one of the and for, for people who are not necessarily familiar with doing a world championship race, they they got their act together and, and pushed the pace. And I think Florian led for a lot of that race. Um, especially towards the latter end. So sorry, yeah. we did miss one guy that obviously I want to be up there is Braden Curry. He he was up there in St George, and uh, he's never not been in a front group and out of the swim, and um, that's his ticket to a good race too. So uh, and Kyle yeah. Smith. the bigger did the we front, say Kyle Smith yeah, we well? said yeah. Kyle Smith. I mean, the bigger the front group, the, the easier it is to make that front group. But what they don't want to do is drag someone out. They don't want to have one massive group. But the rate that the likes of Josh and Sam will go out to make sure it's a group, the Christians and the Gustafs of this world aren't aren't making. It. They'll definitely be a split. Yeah. It is going to be somewhat different, though, for sure, than 2019 because, you know, the, the three off the front really were Jan, Ali, and Tim O'Donnell. And, you know, two out of those three aren't here this year. But and it, it went down to those, didn't it? Because Patrick Langer made that group that year. Incredible swim. Yeah. Uh, Daniel Backergaard made it and his bike broke. So he dropped out of the race. Okay, true. So, uh, and Jan, like, attrited that race. Like, he just drilled it towards the end really nicely. You're, you're right. They're like, when they get off the bike, if that group actually stays away, there isn't a clear winner. That's what's interesting about no. it now. Whereas before, if you took Ali to the run or you took Jan to the run, like you're getting beaten by them if you're a Florian or someone like that. Whereas now they all stand a shot. So do they just work together better? I don't know. It's exciting for sure. And, and the funny thing is, is Christian's going to do everything he can to make that group. And he, it's it would be incredible for him to make that group because then he gets a big break to recover on the bike before Gustav comes along. And then also, too, if he makes that group, it, a lot of people have said, oh, everyone's going to look at Christian that he needs to go to the front, and Christian's going to be like, oh, I can outrun every single one of you, so I don't need to go to the front at all. Mm -hmm. I can just sit here and just chill in this group while you guys pull me along. Christian, yes. Christian I have a question from for Luke. In St. George. Given yeah. The, yeah. The, the, just the depth of athletes, we have a lot more athletes, I think another extra 10 athletes racing here relative to St. George. Does the, is there a front breakaway or is it just like one long I line? definitely think there'll be a group like we saw in St. George of seven to ten odd guys. I, uh, that, that's traditionally what's happened here in the last couple of years. And given the pedigree of the swimming that we're talking about, I think there'll be that group that's one to one and a half minutes ahead of that next pack. Um, it's just a matter of whether the likes of a T.O. or a... Um, yeah, like a Maurice Clavel, someone like this sort of on that borderline, like the, it's the make or break for them, will make that group. So The other um, borderline one is Patrick Holland. Langer. Patrick Langer, yeah. He's, so he's like borderline on that. In 2019, Patrick Langer makes this. If he swims that well, he's the yeah. sort of person that you can't afford to let sit on the group. Maybe if you're Christian, you back yourself running against him here. But if yeah. you're anyone else in that group, you don't back yourself running against Patrick Langer here. No. Could Colin make that group? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah 100%. 100%. Mm. Yeah, 100%. Nice. Um, what about the Chasers? Your Camworths, Lionel Sanders of the world. Camworth looks m more slippy and more dialed on a time trial bike than I've seen him in recent years. And it looks like Ineos have given him some real time to spend this race. He's not raced their last couple of stage races with them. He's stepped back a bit from cycling. I actually think Cam's looks really fit, and he's a bit of an outsider, not for the win for me, but for a really decent result. He affects and he the didn't race. race an Ironman three or four weeks ago either. Yeah. I, he definitely affects the race, and it's just a matter of like where he comes out in comparison to the Gustafs and the Lionels, like whether there's a 
group together of those guys or he actually sneaks in in front. He, he has a knack of sort of outswimming his ability sometimes and he could be at the back of a uh, of a group of guys that gets off the front of of the big bike chase. I just believe that no one's really looking at your Sam Lo or sorry Sam Long, Lionel Sanders, Sebastian Keenley, they're all watching Magnus and the Norwegians. Oh, so they're going to wait on Magnus. Magnus is going to pull through really quick, catch that front group, and I think that will be a really big deciding factor on who attempts to go with him or if he just slots in like he did in Dallas and is like, I want to have a good run, I'm just going to sit right here. Yeah. Now, if we think back to St. George, I think Cam got maybe not criticism, but was kind of accused of dragging up the likes of Christian and other people to that front group. Do you think here that they will do their best to, like, like someone like a Cam will do their best to, like, not bring the Christians through and, and not bring the Gustav through? They'll attack. And, like, Magnus will be looking to, like, not bring those guys through too. Will so it hurt them? Will they have to burn matches to try and stay with them? Like, in Magnus's ideal scenario, he gets out the swim with the likes of Christian and Gustav. Like, Magnus's swimming has improved dramatically. And I, 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 it's, they're very, very hard to drop. Cam's not that explosive a rider. Like, he doesn't like to, to put in short, hard bursts. He's a real tempo, grindy guy. But he comes from UCI World Tour. Like, you have to think if he really wanted to drop them, he probably could. And I also think you'll see a much fitter Cam here than St. George. Cam was off the back of Paris-Roubaix, off the back of some Paris-Nice stage racing, whatever it was. Here, he's had a good chunk of training. So... But, Jordan, I think you're right. Like, I, I, They're getting a ride to the front of someone, whether it's Cam, Joe Skipper, Magnus Ditlev, someone's taking some runners to the front of this race. Yeah. I think, like what you touched on, I've never known Cam to ever put in some sort of mind-boggling uh, attack on anyone before in the race. I think that he's... He's, he's a steady state rider and what really grinds his ca competition down is that he can just ride at that slightly higher threshold than everyone else and it just slowly, slowly wears them down. And, and that's what this course is all about. I always say, you know, the race really only starts once you've crested Kauai High, you get back onto the Queen K and then you've just got long, long drags, you're wind affected, um, scenic lookout. Like, it's a, a lot of space there to just grind your competition off your wheel rather than put in some sort of mind-blowing attack. Yep. Yeah. Should we get to picks? You got I something mean, else we to can, add, We Talbot. can get to picks, but I, I think that I still see Gus and Blue can get even dropped off from that front pack. And, I mean, they spotted Mark and I were just chatting. I think it was around five minutes to Braden Curry. I think they could even spot them more here uh, with those guys. But then the most interesting thing will be to see if they both go one two, I would say that they have changed the game of Iron Man, like completely changed. To see if one if one of them cracks and they're like, all right, you're just doing similar to what everyone else is doing. But if they both go one two and are just unstoppable here, I would say that they're really revolutionizing the sport. And Especially I was after that 25 mile run last Sunday, yeah, that was eye popping to the people who are more familiar with the training to podium hearing, Kona, like Luke. Yeah, I mean, they did the exact same in St. George, the same sort of setup. So they seem to have this, they, they load over multiple days. They, what well, a lot of athletes do is they load sessions over a couple of days. So you might do like a really long ride and then a short ride, long run the next day. But they're now doing what we'd consider a 170k ride at 40k an hour on the Saturday. And then they did a 90 minute ride. Warm up. Yeah, they did a 90k ride, sorry, the next day at like 37k an hour. And then they ran a, uh, what was it, a, a, like a 40k run at like 345 minute K pace. 
in, at midday. Six days out from the race. Mind-boggling stuff, right? It doesn't. And Will Clark's just walked in. He sat down. He's a, he's a uh, world's an ex-pro raced here a lot of times. He raced the Olympics and stuff like that. He's quite a successful coach now. And he he just said to me in the car, he's like, it just goes against everything we think we know about the sport. I was about to say I trained with Crowey for the all the years that he ever won this race. I, I did a lot of training with Maka, but those it, ten. 10 odd years ago, 15 years ago, you would have, people would have just looked at you sideways and thought, what are you doing? Like, yeah. this is going against everything that was at, we were ever taught in, in the past generation. And um, yeah, it's going to be really interesting. It's definitely changing the game. If, if this sticks and it works and this is the new way, then man, I'm glad I'm retired. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah too right. That's a lot of hard work. Me too, work. it's so, eye-popping. So for many years, the average amount of Ironmans you would have done in the year before the Ironman World Champs was less than one because the last year's winner would get an automatic entry and they often wouldn't race another race. Yeah. They'd do a whole bunch of 70.3s. Jan might do Frankfurt if he fancied it yeah. or Roth, but they often not. They did have to validate. To, you definitely right? tried you to limit no, your sorry, racing. Of course, yeah. they'd validate, but they'd, like, they would do Roth and they would maybe do one Ironman a year. Yeah. That's max. Whereas I, now you're getting people doing basically an Ironman the weekend before the race and training it's I think ridiculous. what the Norwegians are bringing the, the with their their new approach is you've got to be a lot more race hardened I think people were just really focusing on that one event every year and now I mean these guys they're out to win not just one event every year they're they're here to win five six seven ten yeah like literally yeah. You know, it's a big race. They're there, and that's—I mean—it's awesome. It's—it's it's changing the game for the sport. So, um, it's exciting. I, I just—I looked at that session those guys did the other day. We actually saw them out running, and we were—we—we we commented. It was like the middle of the day, and I they, was out there running. But kept they were running. Me. <laughs> they were running at 3:45 pace, saying hi and talk. They were not in any kind of difficulty either. They were literally just out for a Sunday jog in the way they looked. And this is, I was talking to Olaf uh, at the pro briefing before this. It's like, this is like a bonus race for them. Like their, their big goals for this year are 70.3 worlds. And then they're going to race WTS Bermuda. And then they're going to race WTS grand final in Abu Dhabi. Oh, don't let Olaf, don't, don't let him tell you that. This oh, is their pride and joy is this race. This is the hate he will tell you career, that, this race. Also, the, the, the crazy thing is, is you don't see Kipchoge running a marathon the weekend before another marathon no. yeah Berlin, Berlin, or, Berlin or sub two or whatever so it is crazy but that's partly because of the the state of effort and workload that he's putting in so he'll be he'll be like bottom of zone four for a marathon right because he, he's running it in two hours flat whereas these guys are looking to be tickling the bottom of zone three and just consistently aerobically jamming a huge workload in so them running 345s is i mean it might sound disgusting it's not far off just high zone two right which is hard to comprehend for us, but it, what we're actually talking about is a long zone two run for these guys. And it's just it's just painful for us to admit that that's what it is that they're doing. But in in cushy super shoes where they recover a little better than we did maybe three, four well, years ago. shoe doping is what Christian described uh, what Gustav's up to. We believe Gustav's got a super secret new shoe that's being released by... Ooh, spill the details. No, no. Well, I, I saw a little snapshot of it. There was a sneak photo. Apparently you can't... On. So it's on, and I, the, from what I saw, it doesn't have the little bubbles in it. So they've gone with a solid sole, which is the first time on I've made a, a proper race shoe without the bubbles in it. That's correct. That's yeah. correct. Yep, yep. Cool. And then uh, Saucony also has a shoe that um, Sam Appleton's going to be wearing. That looks pretty, looks pretty sweet. And Hoka have got their new shoe coming out that Joe Skipper ran 237 on Wales in, which is utterly disgusting. So there's a lot of new shoes. It's like an arms race in the shoes. 
Which is we're back. Like we're back to talking about <laughs> shoes. We're back to talking about shoes. You want to take us out? Okay, I'm gonna go like with the most subjective, super biased. Want to just mix it up? Picks. So I'm gonna go with Brayden for the win. Magnus Stitlev second, and Colin third. Oh. I, I just looked at that workout from the Norwegians last weekend, and I was like, no, no. So you're going with no. blue for the win. Is that what you no. said? No. Gustav. No. Bra- Neither. Braden. Braden, Braden, Braden Curry. Yeah. But just just to mix it up from all you people, really. Yeah. Um, I will go with... For this. I Christian's going to listen to you this. More island vibes. And he's going to hate on me. But I'm just going to do this because I know that Christian's going to hate on me. But I'm going to go Gustav for the win. Christian, I'm not going to put you on the podium. I'm sorry. I think you're going to struggle down the Queen K coming home. Um, I'm going to go Sanders second just because I'll probably get fired if I don't. And then uh, third. <laughs> okay, good. Um, third, I want to say Magnus, um, Braden, or Colin. But I'm just because I'm good friends with Colin, I've seen him running. He's on fire. If he gets off the bike in that front group, uh, I think he can have an incredible day and shock a lot of people. So I'll go with Colin third. Mm-hmm. Who's next? Jordan? Yep. I'm uh, going with one of the Norwegians for the win. I, I, I just feel that Christian may blow a few two matches on the bike. So I'm going with Gustav for the win. Is sentimental second for Braden Curry. And then rookie Magnus Ditlev in third. So two rookies in my top three. And then Langer and Keenley four or five. I guess we're only making top three, but... Oh, I would love to see Sebi up there. I mean, I've been really good friends with him for a long time, and this would be—it it would be uh, a fairy tale ending for a really great. Is this his last? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It, it is, is his last. Right. Yeah. What a career, right? Yeah, yeah I mean, the I guy, want the fairy tale too. He, you know, uh, you circle back eight years ago, and he really changed the game on the bike for everyone, and really was a driving force be- behind really having to, you know, up their game there. And so, yeah, to see Sebi up there would be awesome. Um, I haven't got him in my top five though, but. He's a sentimental, definitely wish I could put him in the top five, but just going off current form, um, I, I would, I'm going to go with Gustav. I'd, I'm going to bet against Christian on the belief that, you know, what I saw out of sub eight, amazing, straight off the back of um, St. George uh, winning Edmonton. I, it's just like, um, it, it, it would be superhuman to me for him to win. I mean, it's, but it's doable for him, but I, I, to be honest, I just, I see Gustav's coming on a, just a more of a low key, gradual, you know, he's, he hasn't got those extra races under the belt that Christian has, which makes him fresher. I'm going to pick Gustav for the win. Sentimental Colin Chartier for the, for the second place. He's in great form. Can he hold on after his recent two massive wins? I think it's been a really big step up for Colin, but um, exciting times for him. I think, you know, it's just the beginning for him. Going to go Ditlev for third. Um, yeah, Magnus, he's really, um, you know, really come on this year. His Roth win was one of the greatest Ironman distance races put together individually. Um, want Braden up there in the top five. I think he's he's going to battle to get it onto the podium, but I'd, I'd say he'd be up there in fourth or fifth. And I'd love to see Lionel up there. Um, to be honest, uh, I think he's struggling mentally. I think seeing Colin's recent success um, has probably just really messed with him a little bit but hopefully he come, overcomes that because I think you know he's he's everyone's sentimental favorite I think a lot of people want to see him do well so uh, go Lionel for, f- for fifth 
All right, I'm, Mark. I'm gonna Colin sat about ten. You got no, me. you got no dog in this fight, kind of. Not really, no. Uh, Colin sat about ten feet behind me, but I'm gonna bash on it a little bit, so I'm gonna keep my voice down so he doesn't hear it. Like his, his, his Dallas race was great, right? Really impressive. Runs really well in the heat. But his actual performance in Montremblant didn't take a massive sporting effort to win. You know, he got outrun by. He got outran, he got outbiked, he got outswam by multiple people. And I, th I think here, unless you, you know, and by names we don't know and we're not even considering, you know, he didn't get outran by Langer, he didn't get outbiked by Ditlev. He got out across those three disciplines by people that, you know, we're not even talking about here. Um, so for that, I'm not quite sure he's ready across the Ironman distance. That's why I'm not going with Colin. Will he be? Definitely. He's great in the heat and uh, he, he's definitely on the upward trajectory. So I haven't got Colin. I've gone with, I've gone with both Norwegians just because I don't really know which one's going to win. What you were touching on there, if one of them doesn't start to falter and crack, for me, it, it becomes unbelievable. And I believe them, right? I, I, I do believe what they're doing. But eventually, someone cracks. You get injured, you get fatigued, or you break. If they just continue plugging away with monstrous results, then I, I start to not believe what's going on. And I do believe what's going on. So for me, one of them will falter, but I don't know which. So I've got Gustav Blumenfeld, um, and then I've got Joe Skipper. Just because I think... If he has a decent swim, which Joe's capable of having a horrendous swim, but he's also capable of having a semi-decent swim, the performances he put down, if he's bounced back from Wales, are utterly ridiculous, the numbers he's putting out. Uh, and then I've gone with Patrick Langer because if he's there or there about in the mix, he runs himself into any sort of result. And he also showed in Roth earlier this year, Patrick doesn't have to be in it to win it to keep fighting. Patrick will keep fighting for a result, which a lot of the top... The likes, exactly that. He doesn't wrap the towel in. And then I've gone with Ditlev because I think he'll be right up there off the bike and I think he's improving. That's me. Love it. Solid. Man, we're all picking Gustav. He's a, Joe's a monster, right? Oh, Talbot. Did you want to make your picks? You already, already made it. Already done, already done oh, mine. Man, sorry. Listening. Sorry, Mark's getting me drunk over here on these uh, old fashions. Um, I'm going with Gustav Eden for the win. Second place, Magnus Ditlev. Um, just from the bike prowess and then his run prowess has started to come along as well. Um, I still remember him just crumbling at uh, Daytona, but I think that Magnus has figured it out. Third place, I'm going to go Christian Blumenfeld. Fourth place, Lionel Sanders. And then fifth place, Sebastian Keenley as well. So, wow. I, I like your fifth place. Made, made my picks last night. So now I feel really bad. I don't think any of us picked... Christian, because I think, you know, like, I, I think I probably didn't put him in my top five, but I do want to actually see him in the top five yeah. just because of what Mark said. Yeah. I want to believe that this is like revolutionary. That the next, the next level. And um, yeah, he should, he definitely should be in that top five. And I, I realized that he wasn't now. And um, that's the exciting thing for me. Like, if these guys pull it off after, I'm, I'm backing Gustav, but. Uh, if they pull this off after their preparation and what they've done, that that the game has changed. The two week and taper, two week taper is over. Uh, no yeah, more two done. week tapers or anything. Have we just did what we that did? Was we're just me pushing alone. for most <laughs> athletes around the world. Doesn't everyone look forward to their taper? Have we just did what we did in St George, where Beth was the only person in St George that picked Daniela? And Daniel was always going to win. Yeah. We just were Christian's going to win for sure. Now. Christian's going to run <laughs> by just an absolute back. mile. Yeah, yeah, and we're yeah. all talking nonsense. Yeah. And little tech segment before we move on, Luke. What? Uh, what gears were you riding here? What was your front? Oh, well, I was just on the beginning of the, I guess, I just caught the one-by era where, you know, I, I toyed with the, the one-by for one or two years at the end of my career so here. So what but, were you running? Uh, good question. I was running 56... 
56-11. But then I think I believe my last year they came out with a 10, didn't they? Yeah, so well, SRAM were you on the SRAM, yeah. So 56-10 was my biggest so year Dino I wrote here. And Christian Hogenhout are running 11-speed Shimano with a 61 by front. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I remember the one, the one of the last years I raced here, Joe came out with a 60 that he'd yeah. gone and made himself at some... I don't know where he made it. No, but, the UK, uh, there's all sorts of dodgy little yeah. time trial shops. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I mean, you get some... We've all been out here riding on the Queen K. You can get some days where you are literally going nowhere. I, it's just a big, big risk. And there's some... If, even if it's you know, um, coming out of Kauai High and you've got a headwind coming out of there, you just don't want to be over um, overgeared there. I just, it's it's not good. Yeah, I so just he's running a 60-30, I had a look today. But I just think that for Ditlev, like, even if the yeah, Kauai High wants you to take the right-hand turn, like, it, he can afford to push 500 watts for two minutes. And for him, yeah. it's like a little tickle above threshold. Yeah. Again, it's, they're just pushing crazy numbers. Yeah. I Kate, think it's dependent Kaden, on the, Kaden, the rider. Yeah. You want to come sit at the big boy table real quick, make some picks, because you've been on the island for 20 years. Okay. Yeah. And you've seen probably the most <coughs> racing out of anyone. Yeah. Okay. Caden uh, Lietto, son of Chris Lietto, second place, Ironman World Championship, yada, yada, yada. Caden yada, yada, yada. on the rise. So. I wouldn't say on the rise, but thanks for letting me hop in for a second. I'm going to go, I was thinking about while listening to your picks, I'm going to go Lionel for the win, just because I'm, I, I, I am a fan, but I am a fan of a lot of other guys, but I think Lionel's in a headspace that I've never seen him in before, and I watched him at St. George, and I've seen him year, uh, here in the years past, but I think he's in a, just a different headspace. He's really excited and uh, pretty confident now. He it was a little bit of a roller coaster, like if you guys are watching the vlogs, but I really think he is going to do pretty well. So if he's off the front with Christian and Gustav coming off the bike, I think he can run with those guys. Um, and I, I think he's going to go for broke, and he's not going to play a conservative race. So I think if it plays out right, I think he could, could take it. Um, I'm going to go Christian second and then Gustav third, and I think all three of those guys are going to be within three, four minutes of each other. So that's my pick for the top three. Wow, yeah. that's a bold prediction. I yeah, like that's that. my bold prediction. Any any dark horses, top American, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I think Colin will be top American for sure. Uh, dark horse, I think Kyle Smith could could do pretty well. Chris Leafman, again, like <laughs> it's just the top American. Like the others will crumble and Chris will come through and he'll finish like sixth, seventh. Another great race, top American, and no one will talk about him yeah. all over again. Yeah, yeah I worry we hadn't mentioned Dave McNamee until now. Um, and even like Florian Angert, I mean, he got fifth in St. George. He's a super strong swim biker and not a terrible runner. Obviously, a little unproven in the heat, but he's going to be up there all day. And, and before we close out, there's we all, this is just our opinions, there's so many athletes out there. I mean, athletes didn't even mention like Daniel Backyard, who could do incredible here, surprise so many people. Uh, we, I thought Joe Skipper wasn't going to get mentioned, but Mark mentioned him. I mean, there's so many athletes out here, and that's why they do the race. I mean, we can pick all these people on the podium, and there's always going to be that one person, like Bart Arnott's or someone, yeah. like one year ben Luke McKenzie snuck up there on the podium, <laughs> second place. How did that yeah. happen? Yeah. And I was a fan. I thought you were going to win it the next year. Stadler the first year, Faris El Satan, these guys. I mean, Chris, your brother. He, I mean, your father. He, he, <laughs> your brother. Sorry, your father was one of those guys that just kept pushing. And there's going to be someone up there that really sort of surprises. Um, for me, that's that's Colin. But um, he's sort of, you know, we're just. Who's his kid sponsor? 
We always do transparency on the show. Yeah, we always, we yeah, always show no, our bias. I think, I think, you know, I, I'm just excited by the prospect of having um, another American up there to sort of take take the mantle. So. That's the other thing I did want to say is like, you know what? The, as we're looking through this, I'm like, oh yeah. And then what about Tim O'Donnell? Like the best predictor of being on the podium of, in Kona is having been on the podium in Kona last time. Ben Hoffman, things like that. But, you know, clearly all of us were so passionate about it, but we all have some skin in the game and that has totally impacted each one of our picks. So I hope nobody yeah. takes them too seriously. Yeah, I feel bad because I spent some time at Tim and Rindy's house for like a week straight in Boulder. And so I'm like, the problem with the predicts. The yeah. problem with the predictor of last year's results is the ones go off. That was three years ago, right? Yeah. And the yeah. times we've done, especially for the likes of Tim, Sebi, etc., they don't have necessarily three years to play within their careers quite like you might say Gustav and that do. The but sport's changed. Well, it has for the men. I think uh, on the women's side, our picks are closer to the 2019 results than... I mean, I think I think you would have seen maybe three, but now two women will break the run course record. I can, I can see a lot of the records going on the women's side here. But it's the names from 2019. Yeah, yeah. We were talking about Laura Phillip even back then, right? And she didn't she quite come fourth. through it. Yeah, but she, you know, she was... She could have done better there. You would have said that was yeah. a relatively average result for her. Yeah, same names. Yeah, yeah, same names. Whereas it's not. I think we're talking different we're names for the men. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but she had that crazy Barcelona race before it. She was like that rookie superstar coming through. Are we are we just waiting for Taylor Nib on the women's side? Yeah. Like it sort of feels like it, what it is because a lot of them just aren't going long. Yeah. Ashley Gentle doesn't Ashley want to go long. Paula doesn't want to go long. Yeah. 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 Does it make sense to go long yet while there's so much money in the, that middle distance? And they're so good at it because they've come from the short. They're not like they're not they're not starting out long. They've they found their niche. They're earning hundreds of thousands. Job done. I've got beers to go to. Are we done? Yeah, yeah I think so. Oh, uh, be sure to check out the Win Republic booth. Be sure to get your new race kit, your new race belt, <laughs> etc. No tri suits. All tri suits. Yeah. Top of the range ones. Nothing else. Talbot, you want to close this out? You're always so good at this. Uh, no, I think everyone here is just, we're all super fans. We're super excited. Uh, we're all involved in the industry. Uh, and most importantly, I just want to thank everyone who's tuned in uh, over time. I can't believe that. We've been a show for nearly two years, but this is our first Kona. So uh, we're super stoked about that. And, and, and it was a dream. We started with 2,000 followers, and we were like, we want to get to 10K by Kona. And that was like a massive dream of ours. Yeah. And we're like less than 1,000 followers away from that. So so we're stoked for that. Uh, if we are all mentally here on Friday, maybe we can do a post-race women's recap show. Uh, and then maybe before the men's awards dinner, on we can do one on Sunday if we're all here. Uh, but if not, let's let Jordan close us out. Yeah, I just wanted to like send good wishes to the people who aren't racing, whether they're injured, sick, people like Cat Matthews. Um, yeah, it's 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 never great to to see people not make the start line who deserve to be here. So uh, uh, sending healing vibes to everyone who couldn't make the start line this week. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys again later on this week.